Just right quick before, I just got to say that um, there's a little bit of more harsh language in this episode just because we're uh, talking about the movie Whiplash and everybody loves to quote the movie Whiplash, especially the more uh, spicy language parts of it. Um, I know most of you are don't care about that, but if there's anybody that does, uh, just fair warning that that does happen a few times in this episode. Um, but if that doesn't bother you, come on, keep listening. Uh, we love you guys, and we hope you love this episode as much as we do. Thanks. All right, everyone, welcome back to uh, today's episode of Failure to Launch. Uh, I'm Ryan John, as always, and as always with me is uh, my co-host, uh, Charles Heinbaugh. Uh, Good evening, ladies and germs and comrades in between. How do you, how do you do on this fine, uh, actually, I have no idea what day it is. Is it, is uh, it Monday? Ah, Ryan, how do you do on this fine Monday? Tuesday for the listeners, but, uh, or whatever day the listeners are listening at it, we exist in a vacuum. Ah, beautiful. Uh, Glorious indeed. But uh, Charles, we're not alone today, are we? We're not. What? What do you mean, Ryan? What? What? What are you talking about? Look behind your shoulder. Oh my! Oh my God! You didn't. I did. How did you? But I don't know. How expensive was it to book him? With it cost me all my pesos, buddy. But no, anything for your birthday. Oh my god. Which isn't now. We'll have a birthday episode I'm 12 later. Whole but... year... yes. I can't believe it. You got me Jake music in a box. Excuse me while I while I open this this treasure. Oh Jeez, it's open. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even poke Jake. any holes. Not more. Jake, how are you? I'm you all look right. thirsty. You want some water? Yes, please. It's been 14 days. <laughs> I don't have I've, got a, I've got a jug of Elmer's glue in here in my recording booth because my sister was making slime in here the other day. That yeah, the... You have the slime? No. Um... <laughs> I just have the glue. <laughs> I guess that'll do. All right, I ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, please welcome Jake Music, our friend, who you may recognize as the singer and guitarist of our intro. The with with a voice of gold and a and a face of gold. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think I think the intro was my probably my best work. I think yeah. that's that's an understatement. Yeah. No, I'm I'm still a sucker yeah. for the flame uh, available <laughs> on Jake Music's YouTube channel. Jake Music. We'll let you plug yourself on all that at the end. Yeah, okay. uh, we're just hinting to it. Um, Anyways, yeah, so we just thought it'd be fun to have. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's going to be fun um, to have Jake, our uh, resident musician, music student friend, uh, come in and talk all about music movies, but I'll be coming up later. But Charles, do you want to start us off with the small topic first? Yeah. Um, so uh, it was, I, so we're doing, we have the Mr. Music here, Mr. Right. Music himself in the flesh, although PhD. we're all doing it over phone. Mm-hmm. So it's a little, so it's, it's a little enough. disjointed and complicated, but it'll be okay. fine. So, so, um, I had, a, I was thinking of, of topics that Mr. Jake music and Mr. Ryan, John, both are, are, uh, conscious of. And I think, and to also go along with the theme of music, uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, uh, my mm. favorite musical, 
uh, on mm. Broadway to yeah, date. Of course. Um, but as you as you Potterheads might remember, or Potheads as I like to call you, um, <laughs> we we Potheads we know that in that film um, there's a a band that comes on during the the ball the grand the Triwizard Ball the ball, what's the ball called? Uh, the Yule Ball. The glass ball. The glass no, ball. The, the, it's the, the glass ball. The Yule, the Yule, Yule ball, right? Is it really yeah, the, the Yule. Yule ball? Because I thought it was Yule. the Yule ball, but I thought that sounded okay. too stupid, so I didn't say it. <laughs> it's Harry Here Potter. We're... Every other thing sounds really stupid. It's, it's... it's every other thing. Like, it's either like, wow, that's so cool, like Expelliarmus, or it's like Flumberdom. <laughs> <laughs> it's so lovely. Um, but regardless, there's a band that plays at the Yule ball. And funny right. enough, they're actually a real cover band now. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they're not a cover band. They're like or they do band. their own, or they do their own songs. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Jarvis Cocker. I forgot that they weren't real yeah. for a second. I was like, I they're like covering it. songs from the real Magic Band. From but uh, <laughs> I'm like, that's so cool that they can't nah, throw out Muggles. They, yeah, he has a really good song that I like called Black Magic. No, yeah, I've heard it. it, it yeah, they pop. But regardless, so this means, uh, mm-hmm. among other things, that canonically speaking, there are rock bands in the Wizard World that right. do wizard songs right so i ask you uh the, the two of you as as listeners of music um what band either that is still together or one mm-hmm. that was together would you like to see as a wizard band and describe right. their concerts for me what kind of music do you think they have you don't have to because i just jumped this question on you but right regardless no I'm th- this is a, this is a really good question yeah because the first thing that really came to mind, and you can see how say Dave dis- Matthews, <laughs> Dave Matthews, and he's exactly the same. Because <laughs> no that man is magic. <laughs> or have you even heard Crash? Exactly, man. Uh, Amen. But really, <laughs> I think the first band that comes to mind, you can see how dysfunctional my brain is by me saying this, would be mm-hmm. the Eagles, except. <laughs> They would be called they the... Griffins. Yep, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. Would, nice. It would require everyone, like, midway through the concert to just call as loud as they could. <laughs> like, ah! And then, like, the songs keep going. Like, nothing ever happened. But, like, 20,000 people just went, ah, in, like, a small arena. I'm pretty sure a queen did that in the, in, uh, <laughs> at Live Aid. <laughs> would not hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, I mean, Queen, they're pretty out there. I think that fits. I, I think they would fit really well. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I would, I think Queen could definitely, because I, the other thing, what's the, oh my God, why am I, um, Alice Cooper. Yeah. Yes. Alice yeah, Cooper fits, would be yeah. so dope because he they has a song do, called Feed My Frankenstein, which is bingo. about like, yeah, Frankenstein, an, an integral character in the Harry Potter universe. Okay, well, do you remember that scene when when Harry and Ron are sneaking around Slytherin common room, and then Professor Frankenstein goes up to them That's and like is like, "It's <laughs> like every single one." <laughs> I gotta do it down. But um, I hate you. Uh... I no, yeah, but I my pick, I think, um, is definitely Alice Cooper because what they would do is they would do um like crazy like stage theatrics and stuff right yeah that would be like they had like he'd like bite off the head of a bat and then one time uh during a show you know they would do like a fake hanging and the one time i heard it didn't work and so he started actually hanging in front of them like getting wow i didn't know yeah like he started dying 
Nice. And then they're like, crap, and they had to cut him down and, like, resuscitate him. So that's you cool. Know, you know, <laughs> Alex Lord. Cooper played golf one time at the golf course my dad plays at? Yeah. That's yeah. the same story. Class- I didn't know yeah, that. That's the same story. <laughs> no, my dad. Uh, my dad once played a uh, golf uh, at a golf course that Mark Wahlberg was playing at at the same time. Which one? Oh, there's a really Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, and then there's like a host of a '90s game show. I think Mark Wahlberg. Do you know what which Mark Wahlberg about? do you think I'm thinking? About? Probably the one with an H in the name, and who is in? Uh, Mark Wahlberg. The new dad. Or I can't do. A, I can't do a bust. Instant Family. Instant Family. <laughs> yes. It's such a weird. Oh, no, it's... no. Wait, are you thinking of Instant Family or Daddy's Home? Because he's in both of those movies, oh, which shit. both could be described by the thing that you just said. Is there a difference? <laughs> oh, yes. wait, no. You're talking about The Departed. <laughs> oh, duh, of course. No, you're talking about Shrek. Oh, you're right. You know, it's actually the 19 year anniversary on the day of recording of Shrek. This is actually. Yeah, it actually is. Sh- it's wow. Are you. I don't believe wow. that. Okay, so when we talk about music movies later, we got to start with Shrek because. Right. Uh, Good soundtrack. Oh my god, that, that is very oh true. My god. Point. No, it's the first one came out on the the twenty second of April, and that was in two thousand one. The second one came out in two thousand four mm. on the nineteenth, which is tomorrow. Oh, oh, okay. And so then tomorrow's the sixteenth anniversary. Okay. Yeah, and the the third one also came out. The third one came out today. Oh, uh, okay. But I hate that movie. So yeah, the I don't one's okay. It. I don't even. I don't. I don't think I remember any of them except for the first one. Nobody remembers the third one. The second one, I remember the second one's pretty well good. enough. Also, so the yeah. second one's fun. This is third a, one's dog shit. This is kind of a tangent, but I don't think I remember anything about Toy Story 2. I didn't even know that existed. Like, Are you serious? Uh, now, this sounds very stupid. The Prospector and the... Newman from Seinfeld. Oh, the, girl cow, <laughs> the cowgirl's all sad. Yeah. That's the second one? <laughs> Yeah. She's all she, okay. she's like, "Oh. I think my I'm so sad. I think my brain may have just combined the first two movies into one." And then, uh, No, that happened for me yeah. a decent amount. Like yeah. I couldn't like for a while I couldn't tell the difference between like a clip from the first movie and a clip mm-hmm. from the second. And I remember watching the first movie as a little kid and not seeing the scene where I don't remember what the guy's name was. Uh, not Darth Vader was like, "I am your father." Mm-hmm. Zerg. Yes. I actually had an action figure of him. I do. Yeah, I have a Lego of him. Yeah, try to choke me out in the middle of the night. It was nice. Uh, to bring it back, just oh. as a small topic is to uh, wrap that up. I think when you're talking about weird, like Wiccan and magic or whatever, I feel like you got to mention like all those weird, like like My Chemical Romance. Uh, oh, uh, MCR would nail it. Uh, I think Fallout Boy, like those like yeah. mid two thousands. Like... I got a question. I got a question. What's the worst band? What's the worst? What do you mean? Like, what would you hate to see as wizards? Uh, and this can't just be, it's, it can't just be like a band that you already hate. Right. Well, it can be. I don't care. Nickelback. Fun. <laughs> I, hate, <laughs> I hate the, I hate the doors. Imagine. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I get that. So. I, I, I understand. <laughs> I think uh, a band that I like, but I don't think would be good as wizards at all are the Smiths. You know, I was yeah. thinking that. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think they would, I think they'd be pretty weak. I'm not gonna lie, they, they're already yeah. weak in. Ju- I feel like there's a very fine line in that area yes. of alternative music, like Radiohead. No, may probably not. Like, well, because Radiohead's all like techno, yeah, yeah. and right, they're more and like depression. Yeah. yeah, that's true. It would require a lot of like 
just a lot of depressed wizards at the Yule Ball. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> oh no, I think uh, I think the one that like goes against the thing. Uh, this just popped in my head, but like goes against like a wizard. Uh, like, can you imagine like Pearl Jam as like a wizard <laughs> band? Like, that would be so weird. I'd love that. I lo- like, like a lot Eddie of Vedder's those. Like, though. Daddy was a wizard. <laughs> I would. I'd be really okay with a lot of those like '80s hair bands and stuff. That yes. would be um, like Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, it's what's the? I can't. Ah, damn! I just had a good one, but I forgot it entirely. You're Molly welcome. Crew. I don't know. Yeah, like Motley Crue would be what, awesome. Similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one I was thinking about today was uh was Guns and Roses. <laughs> just because Slash might be a wizard. <laughs> well, that, that's see, that's the problem, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. But Axel, I'd want to see Axel Rose at this age. You know, because oh, he's he's struggling. He's not doing. He'd great. kill so many people. <laughs> uh. Did you guys ever think, like in Harry Potter, um, just to wrap this up with yeah. a slight tangent? In Harry no, Potter, yeah. they they give kids wands, and True. though they're not taught it, you can kill someone with a wand. So it's essentially like giving a kid who's eleven a gun, and then just being like, "Go to school. All right, go." Well, <laughs> it's more than a gun because. A gun can only <laughs> discharge in a certain amount of ways, you know? Right. Like, you can only pull the trigger or drop it, and then it goes off in so many different ways. But with with the wands, it's so nuts, right? right. The one that always stuck me as a kid. Want. The one that stuck me as a kid, you know, they're trying to turn their pets into glasses, yes. and then they turn their right. pets back into pets, right? What if you misfired and hit, like, a person? Right. And they become glass. Or even worse, if you mess it up and Ron turns you into, like, a horrifying, like, like skin like inside out glass shaped person that's right. horrifying yeah, just, yeah also why do they teach them that stuff but you yeah. can't die when is that thing. useful right. the rat was still squeaking as the glass so right but he was also English. a human being a rat if you go yeah, further but, like, into the your series pet is the question all right that's true. So, right <laughs> Damn. But here's an- um, there's a is, lot of implications. This is this is uh, this is I think this is a topic for a Harry Potter. <laughs> no, episode. it's a full topic conversation. Uh, 100%. It definitely is. So Jake, if you uh, ever want to come back and we'll yeah, definitely get d- we'll deep in the nitty gritty <laughs> of uh, Harry Potter. I have way too many ideas going on in my head right now for them not to be used <laughs> on a later episode. So <laughs> just start writing them down. All right. Yeah. Well. Um, cool. Yeah. Fun, uh, fun main topic. Let's let's we get have the, let's get into the main uh, topic. Sure, yeah. Um, so, as we said, Jake, uh, if you want to correct me if I say anything wrong, you're a current songwriting major yep. at a very respected uh, music school. Yep. And um, Harper. so you really love music. Obviously, you're a guitar yes. player. You uh, write Actually, your own music. he hates music is the weird thing. Yeah, right. I actually wake up every morning and I just go, I just kind of like sigh. And then I go, why? Just very quietly to myself. <laughs> look out the window. Mm-hmm. Wish I could throw my guitar out of it, right? And proceed to live my daily life. <laughs> so I thought uh, we'd invite you over and we just uh, sit and chat. It's much more chill, less uh, uh, structured than our usual episodes. Like there's no lists or anything, but we're just gonna uh, chat about just some of our favorite music movies. And what I say when I mean that is, um, you'll see. But uh, like not musicals, right? But I don't know anything about that. I'm not gonna, right. <laughs> I'm gonna right. be honest with you. But movies about the art of right. music, right? Right. So okay. yeah, this is. I'll give the floor to you, uh, you Jake, uh, if you want to uh, start us off. Talk about your experiences and uh, maybe bring up a movie that you really uh, 
uh, identify with. Davis. I was. It's a good one. Speaking of Charles, that's that's so that's so interesting that you bring that up just right here, right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was. I oh, was yeah? thinking about this. Wow. Um, <laughs> oh my god, we're like on the same wavelength. Wow. We got like <laughs> kind of like connected or something. Like I don't know. Are we connecting? <laughs> we're kind of connecting right now, bro. Do you guys, want to like, I, marry me? Mike, maybe. Guys, I feel like. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Ryan. Do you want to marry me? No, but I appreciate the offer and being involved. Okay. <laughs> of course. I love Tiger King. Go on. Uh, we'll have that. Oh, yeah, Tiger King. Because he's a polygamist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now give me the mess. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! Anyway, Wait, yeah, tell Jake. Us about but, uh, yeah, I was I was thinking about how I, w- I was trying to think about the, the one of the main lessons that that the more recent and popular kind of music movies have been um, mm-hmm. kind of putting forth, especially with as you're saying, Inside Lou and mm-hmm. Davis, and also uh, Whiplash, a film about a jazz drummer. If you notice, they seem very negative. Yeah, that's, yeah, they all kind of are like music sucks. Don't yeah, do I would, it. I would, yeah. Like, and that's ex- yeah, exactly. That's what I'm. What I'm saying is, is that with these movies, a lot of the time, the person tends to isolate themselves to be just with the music, right? I feel like, right. um, you know, in Whiplash, she kind of ends the relationship, and he kind of starts moving mm-hmm. emotionally away from his family. They don't really connect as much because he's going for something that's so. Um, He's trying to absorb himself completely in the music, right? Right. And in Inside Lewin Davis, it's it almost seems like more of a um, cynical kind of view of that, where he doesn't really have any choice but to do that same thing mm-hmm. of enveloping himself and in, mm-hmm. in his craft. And I feel like, especially with and I, firstly, I would like to say I've played in jazz bands and have worked with um, fairly high level. Um, jazz teachers and educators mm-hmm. and uh, i would like to say that that is completely not whatsoever how jazz band works <laughs> <laughs> what like how? no chairs are thrown no snare drums are tossed at people's heads people don't bleed <laughs> why the hell did i sign up for jazz next year then what wait 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 jake didn't someone not tell you that they were gonna fuck you like a pig unfortunately if it's no. not a fight for your life is it really jazz <laughs> that's what that's see that was my real that was my huge fear I, I remember going to that class for the first time it, we have like a master class right where everyone in the jazz department right. comes together for about an hour and a half a week and we go mm-hmm. through songs cool. and stuff right um, right and i remember going on the first time and looking around and seeing dudes that looked like they were 35 and they were actually 20 years old <laughs> and always I was just terrified because I couldn't think of anything but the movie. I was, I was right. I'm going to get an amp <laughs> thrown at my skull. Right, exactly. Well, just don't lose tempo. Or that's the yeah, don't be a yeah, exactly. tempo. And I, you know, and like the first few weeks I would go in there and I was given like stuff to like, you know, sight read and stuff. And I was like really just incredibly nervous. And by sight read, I mean giving a piece of music for the first time and having to read it in time while, you know, for the first time playing it with the rest of the of the group right and so you know i was just like okay okay let's make sure that i don't have some kind of you know desk you know uh chair hybrid thing you know the student like desk chair hybrid things we had all those i hope one doesn't get thrown at me like that's that was all i was trying to maintain (laughs) that was yeah and then i and then i realized that actually no one cares (laughs) right and i feel like um but that's kind of a side point the main thing that I was trying to say is, is that besides the whole throw cha- chair throwing thing or getting rejected mm-hmm. and walking 16 miles in the snow, um, which is the thing that Oof. happened in 
inside William Davis or whatever. Right. He right. misses the bus and can't get a ride. And, um, yeah. I feel like. God, that movie made me yeah, so sad. I need to. I need to watch it. Just become sad. It also just doesn't. It just, get yeah, better. that's that's it the did. worst part. It just never gets better. <laughs> and, no, well, no. I guess it, you could see it as uh, um, the Bob Dylan origin story because you see him on get God, on stage at the end, and you're like, that "Let's go, Bob." Dylan. Right? No. I mean, cool, that's... Bob Dylan, but like, and then the, and then this guy you've watched him like bust his ass for an hour and a half, right. you know, like, and and also. Yeah. Uh, this could be a spoiler. I don't know, but it's it's kind of a uh, well, um. Just we're talk- for all three. I think we're going to talk about three movies ultimately. Um, there'll just be full spoilers, and they're pretty oldish movie and well known movies. Well, so. I don't think also, the other thing is with Inside Lewin Davis. It's not like a mm-hmm. like a shock no, yeah. or anything. It's well, not no, like- and nothing like it. Um, it's been criticized and praised for this. Is it doesn't really have like a quote unquote plot. Like it's just a week in this right. guy's life. So like nothing huge really happens. Except for right, like yeah. two things, but uh, yeah. I think it it. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, and I think the um, the benefit to that kind of thing is you know it's I don't I don't know film lingo. I was only went to summer camp twice for it, so um, <laughs> right. But, but um, it, we'll discuss it, that later. It, we will. <laughs> oh no! It feels like it. <laughs> it it definitely does feel like a character yes. study, but it also feels like kind of a culture study. Mm-hmm. You know, into that generation yes. of folk singers, mm-hmm. there were a ton of acts, and that was based off of a re- of, re- of a real person. And yeah, um, right. It was like inspired by no, a real guy. Uh, Dave Lee right? Ronk, I think, is his name. He's I man. Sorry, my mind was blown because i had actually listened to him before hmm. watching that movie Interesting. Mm-hmm. and i listened to the the song and not just you know the one dave lee ronk song but like the album dave van inside, or hmm. dave van ronk i'm sorry yeah, dave yeah. lee ronk is probably somebody else entirely yeah. but um but i remember like listening through that album and stuff and i was mm-hmm. like this is cool mm-hmm. cool yeah, it's and bad. then and it was cool and i didn't realize until because he goes in in the movie inside lou and davis he goes mm-hmm. to the one producer's place and then he mm-hmm. shows him his album and he's like, it's called Inside Lou and Davis. And I didn't really oh, put it together. And I looked at the cover and it's a remake of the Dave and Ron mm-hmm. cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah it looks exactly Oscar the same. Isaac. And then it, it was literally in that moment at like 1130 at night. I just like kind of whispered to myself. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> that well, was the happiest I was the entire movie. <laughs> well, Dave and Ron was invited to join. What group was Peter it again? Paul and Mary, Jake? I believe. Yeah. Peter, Paul, really? and Mary. It would have been oh, that's uh, who the other people would have been Peter, Paul, Mary, and Dave. Yeah, or it, it, it would have been Peter, Mary, and David Lee, <laughs> David Van Bronck. Um, oh, okay, Dave, Dave Van Bronck. Um, this is full name. Dave, <laughs> <Dave> yeah. <Van> <laughs> Peter, Paul, Dave Van Bronck. <laughs> Ashley, you can't not use it. Yeah. <laughs> Robert De Niro, Robert Harrison De Niro. Ford, High School Musical Five, Ryan John. Um, yeah, and yeah. one thing that I think is an excellent piece of filmmaking, just in terms of casting, is the guy who rejects him is um, F. Murray Abraham, who's usually known, who is most known to people for playing uh, Salieri right. in um, uh, Amadeus, which, uh, in which case, is. he is the one who's rejected, pretty much. Right. So I think it yeah, was a really cool, like kind of easter egg huh. shout out that Don't that was slip. the guy who that did is, it that's, that's when it was it's like a it's like todd phillips when he casted joker in his remake 
I mean, yeah, hit, wait, uh, Robert De Niro, Robert De Niro and in his... Joker. Yeah. Yes. That was, man. Did you hear that sentence? I, <laughs> I, like, I, I knew what I was saying, but I said it completely wrong. He, <laughs> you know when the guy was Joker in the movie? In movie. <laughs> he cast a Joker in his movie. What was it called? Uh, uh, Taxi Man. Yeah. Taxi yeah. Man 2, Hitler's Reign. All right. Good Lord. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, what the hell? Um, so, yeah, they seemed that movie definitely has like sort of a pessimistic right. view. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, and just uh, shout out Adam Driver. Yeah. He's going outer. <laughs> oh, nice. I love that scene. I'm so disappointed that whole album so is on Spotify. It's infuriating. That yeah, was it's only like three songs. Yeah. Really it's really weird. And I thought, as you were saying with Bob Dylan, I thought the interesting part of that was mm-hmm. that the fact that it was kind of more of a culture study and the idea that yes, you can almost kind of assume that all these folk um, artists are all experiencing close to the same stuff. You know, they've all gone through. It's almost like, you know, you can almost kind of assume that Dylan almost had next to the same story. It may not have been that same week, you know, or right, the same struggle, right? Place, yeah. Right. You know, but it, it could have happened at an earlier time or something like that. But you know that, along mm-hmm. with Lewin Davis, Dylan was struggling in his own way, and you know, right. it's. I think it's interesting because, and sometimes it pays right off exactly. And I think that's exactly right. yeah, it's exactly what it's showing. You know, you see after right after one person really kind of fails at their huge big attempt, yes, you see someone else who's on the rise, and I think that's you know it's heartbreaking just generally for for anyone to experience yes. you know, no matter what field you're in mm-hmm. but i think it's also really interesting because i bring up whiplash as a contrast because jazz is is perceived mm-hmm. as such a um theoretical and almost kind of it's very number based you know um with right. its theory and with its form you know if mm-hmm. it, it's almost like if you're not mm-hmm. a musician it, you have sometimes a, a hard time really appreciating it because it sounds like nonsense um <laughs> yep <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I can agree with that part yeah if you don't know what they're doing it, it sounds stupid and completely in the right for believing that like it's, it's right but if you listen to folk you don't have to like understand you right know, secondary dominance or some stupid you know or tritone substitution some weird jazz theory thing it's just the music and i think the interesting part about right. both of those films is that you know, when we were talking about this earlier, I think over texts, you know, a week earlier or something like that, you know, it was really, they're both isolating themselves in terms of kind of separating themselves from attachment and moving on. You know, you see Lewin Davis drive past the exit, right? Where his son could be. Right? Yes, where, mm-hmm. where right. his kid might be. Yeah. And so Oof. I think it's interesting because yeah, me. while the folk player kind of fails when he's isolated, the jazz performer succeeds you know he has a big soul at the end and i think yeah even though hmm. well we'll get to that later but whether or not you see that as right success. right right yeah okay because uh we'll get into that later when we talk yeah, about yeah. whiplash but um... what i was just gonna say with really inside Lewin davis is that mm-hmm. i don't i think he failed personally because he didn't he had his real struggles and everything but it, in my opinion right you know he didn't have the um, really the desire to sing for anyone or anything. He wanted to sing to succeed right. for himself. Okay. But, you know, he didn't want right. to perform for his son. He didn't want to perform. And I feel like folk is definitely one of those things where you have to have, you know, someone or something stronger yeah. than I just want to succeed. Yeah. 
to really right. shine. Well, Especially Folk, yeah. I think it's implied sort of with um, through the dialogue that reveals his partner uh, died. I think it's implied that he did and he and his partner had yeah. that good thing going on, but then he died. Right. So that and, he sh- and he away. shut that down God, too. That depressing. I, exactly. I totally, yeah. I totally, I'm yeah. I've, got a, I've got another, I've got another thing uh, semi related to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you're saying. I think the other reason that you failed and, and you've, you've touched on this a couple of times. Um, but it's that idea of they're just they're just intaking, you know, it's just this constant like uh, or they're just or not intake. They're just like outputting music. It's yes. just constantly like performing yeah. and then practicing and then this and this and that. And um, and one thing that I as an artist, <laughs> not yeah. but just as somebody right. who creates things, creates art, um, appreciates art. Right. Or but for me, it's it's just like breathing. You mm-hmm. have to breathe in the world you have to you know go out you have to live you have to love you have to do things and then only then right. once you understand things you can breathe out because and you it, have to mm-hmm. uh take as much as you give. Right. yeah especially in the form of uh, in, but... exactly yeah but especially right. <laughs> in the form of uh writing mm-hmm. uh whether it's like writing screenplays or writing music because uh, a lot of the times you have to write about experiences that you have not directly dealt with and right as as difficult that as that can be if you have lived and you have you know experienced these emotions that's like your lifeline right. that's your connection so yeah. you don't have it's to a, know exactly what it is you just need to right. yeah a similar you need thing to, so a similar thing is found in acting with some specific um uh like meisner uh stanislavski uh whatever all those coaches um you made up some names found. i did uh <laughs> strasberg um Still Adler, all those like famous Little Bear. Ah, yes, Little Bear. Right. I could say an- another random name. Yeah, uh, everybody Jim would just Jones. Be like, yeah, I know them. Joel um, Barish. Yeah, <laughs> Judas but I know Iscariot. All of them, um, it, or uh, not all of them, but like some of them apply to this like uh, thing. Like you have to have had this experience to fully act it or whatever. But the, another uh, train of thought with acting is that you don't need to have lost your mother to play a character who lost their mother. You yeah. need to understand what loss is. That's you what my to... teacher thinks. Right. Um, that is, but the thing is, that's just, that is. That's art. That's more life. difficult acting though. Because yes. it's so easy when you, when you. Yeah, when it's, you just when it's literally, memories. you're just yeah. repeating what you've done. You have a memory yeah. and you know what to do. But it's also, to... I feel like it's unhealthy to do that too. Yeah, you but can't, it, you can't really move on. You know? Look, it generates a good performance though. Let me tell you that. That's, but that, that, that goes back to the whiplash question of, is that worth it? In some cases, maybe. Because also... I don't think so. Well, I disagree, but... Well, let me, let me give you my uh, kind of thing on it. I did a, uh, a role last year. Um, mm-hmm. um, this is the most I think I will ever brag on this <laughs> podcast because I, I hate doing it, but I want to give this mm-hmm. some validity. Uh, right. I won a Best Actor Award for it. Uh, sure. Because it was our competition show, so... Um, and so, it yeah, it was a VHSL, uh, so it was, it's good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but with the show, so I, I played this, this guy, right. And he's, um, oh, he's all anxious and he's all, he's all right. sad because of right. personal things, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, that's like the setup. And then it kind of expands beyond that. Right. Right. You know, and it's like what, how he deals with the world and stuff. But, um, regardless, um, for me, it was it was interesting because I, for a lot of it, it was, you know, me directly 
taking from my own life, uh, of me having to deal with, you know, things that were mm-hmm. above my maturity level and above right. my, above my right. pay grade, mm-hmm. baby. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I just work here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, so with that, it was a lot of, um, a lot of it was like genuinely feeling those emotions that I had felt before, you know, of, of mm-hmm. loss of depression of all these things. And on the one hand, it, it's hard to, you know, to relive those kinds mm-hmm. of things. But for me personally, it helped in a, in a kind of weird twisted way because it was me, it was in a mm-hmm. controlled environment where I could look at these emotions that I inherently have that aren't right. Like, I can't imagine, I can't say that they're not part of me because they are. And it was a, right. it was a, it was a situation where I could take those, those feelings and, and those experiences and, and create something out of them. Right. And not only that, but it was also a way for me to process it in, I think, right. a semi-healthy way. So I don't know how much that's going to relate to whiplash. No. But um, uh, that's me in defense of the kind of self-destructive think, method. But I, I also think, really agree I think, with the other one, which is... I, th- I think the I think self, uh, quote-unquote self-destructive method, I think, of can. acting, of performing, of anything, I think works for some people and is okay with them and makes fulfills them and mm-hmm. then for other people it doesn't i think it i think it all depends on the person i think um, it's also just a balance yeah. i think there's always yeah. a bit of both and we'll get into whiplash think... right after um but i do want to say i think that no, one of the most uh, jake i'm sorry uh, but uh, i think one of the most uh sort of like it, i didn't really get it at the beginning and i think i still might not like um when i first saw it i didn't really get it but i think i understand it a little bit more now but uh i think one of the most like underrated parts of uh ild is um john mm-hmm. goodman's part color that um, in. i'm because he's just like this guy who shows up in the middle and he like has all these insane stories and he has this entire life and then they go to the bathroom and he dies of a heroin overdose and that's it like and you're never gonna know more and we're, since we're following uh lewin uh He's never going to know any more about that guy, and he doesn't care. And, um, and neither are we as the viewer. So it kind of all comes to a close at the end when you realize we're never going to see Lewin again, and we're never going to know like, what his whole life was like. And it just shows like, a lot of artists just come and go, and like, hmm. we never hear them. So you make an excellent point um, if it weren't for the fact that Inside Lewin Davis to <laughs> Tokyo Drift is screenlit and in production right. at Universal Studios. Right. Where he has to save Justin Timberlake. I'm really excited for uh, yeah. Inside Lewin Davis, the ride. Right. <laughs> you drive through a car and you just see terrible, terrible things in New York in the 60s. They give you. Like there's a woman like. <laughs> in the gift shop afterwards, they sell Zoloft. <laughs> It's like you're gonna need this man. No, they saw they said the gift shop is beforehand. You're like, what is oh, yeah. what's going no, on? You're gonna need this. Oh god. <laughs> no, but yeah, with Jake. Well, yeah, first wanna say that? that I'm glad you brought up John Goodman because I completely also forgot about his guy. I need to re I really need to rewatch this movie. But one of the one of the interesting things about that, you know, whole scene with him is that he really died of kind of a common cause with other jazz musicians. You know, a lot of them were having a lot of drug issues. Right. Charlie Parker, who's an incredibly famous jazz saxophonist. Yeah. Um, died of drug mm-hmm. issues. Men- mentioned in, right. Mentioned yeah. in Whiplash. Uh, right? A guitarist named Joe Pass, yeah. who's really just a hero and might yeah. be one of the greatest Joe jazz Pass. guitarists or musicians of all of modern history. Um, he was imprisoned for mm-hmm. 10 years for heroin possession. Um, 
And I right. think, you know, the film does a great job of actually showing that and showing what the jazz community, which was almost kind of, they were really, you know, the huge thing in the 20s and 30s and some of the 40s, and then they started to fall off. You see that in the 50s mm-hmm. and 60s, and then they're kind right. of, you know, all kind of crumbling and they have drug addictions. But what I was also going to say is, is that when you guys are talking about, especially with um, your acting performance, Charles, is that, you know, when I'm... Yeah, as a songwriter, as a as a folk pop songwriter. <laughs> See, you can't say that though, because you you actually do write songs. That's, that's and right, and you're good at regularly. Right, like I I I'm like as an artist, but like, look, my most recent project was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind Two, Joe Barish versus Jim Move Jones of the Jonestown Massacre. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a song; it's yeah. a script. But I'd like to make it a song. <laughs> right, I'd like to write right. a theme song. So- so um yeah so yeah jake you definitely have more agency to no say no so we're a little different stuff i think than other know, people um <laughs> you're both in, very talented in, in in both writing and acting and and in the in the visual um, <laughs> trip in uh <laughs> in that visual um scene i think with with songwriting right okay you guys knew this was gonna have to be mentioned one time oh yeah um I was watching uh-huh. a live stream that John Mayer was doing in the back of in the, in right. the back of his car. He's a, he's a common I was person. wondering. We're at thirty-seven minutes. We're it's at a record. Minutes. That's, you know? uh, that's how long it took you to mention John. It's Mayer. a new record. That's that's <laughs> well, you're this, doing good. This, yeah. I don't even go thirty-seven minutes during the day without you sending me a picture of John Mayer. Not like a video of him doing like a lick or anything. Just, just him, a like, picture sitting in a chair. Not, like, look, at him, look at him. Just look at him. Look at sitting. Right. <laughs> he's perceiving the but, world what adult contemporary hit no, is he writing what's going on now? beautiful yeah. mind of his um <laughs> but <laughs> i remember and this is my my closest moment this is my best john mayer memory that i have is that i sent a chat in the right in the live chat i asked him you know what advice would you give to a young songwriter because right. i was a young son i'm a young songwriter mm-hmm. and um you know, right. he said, get your butt kicked in life. Go out and get your butt kicked. And, um, well, get over oh, here, no. Jake. I gotta, no, not the car, but that need for you. <laughs> not like the, <laughs> not the kind that you're talking but about. I think that was... <laughs> what other kind is that? <laughs> but, but I think that's, that's a good point. And I think that the way that I've been able to write, because oh, yeah. when I write, you know, some of the situ, you know, I tend to, I'm in my writing about relationships phase, right? Um, and that's, yeah. you know, it tends mm-hmm. to be a, a major subject of really any song. Um, yes. Some artists never my hope that, that I will someday write about something <laughs> else other than someone dumping me. Um, exactly. Like potatoes. <laughs> I remember one time on a live stream, you wrote a, you wrote a song about Ryan. That was uh, a good taking song. Taking down Sam Rockwell. That was a good song. That was that Sam was Rockwell's good. evil twin. Yeah. Because it was like a ballad. That was a it, it, it actually moment. had a narrative. <laughs> yeah, no, it start. I remember that. It started out as like, uh, sort of to the yes. tune of American Pie, right? And then it just—that's when I realized I was a truly thing. great songwriter. Uh, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> That's when I knew I will be successful and I will make so much money. At least it does, and brand. everyone will love me. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think I think that's what ILD is all about. Right, just getting your ass kicked. But I don't think he. But uses he doesn't know. Inspiration. But I he think, doesn't get better. I think... <laughs> maybe that's yeah. maybe that's another message that the fact that he doesn't learn from which is his... why I think he fails. Yeah. Oh, but ass yeah. kicking. What I was gonna say is is that 
when I'm writing about something, I'm not looking, I'm not, I don't have to, as you as you said, Charles, I didn't have to actually experience it. I had to experience the emotional product that I'm trying to achieve with the piece mm-hmm. of work that I'm making. Yeah. And, you know, the songs that yeah. I write, you know, some of them I have experienced, some of them I haven't, but I can understand, you know, the hurt or the joy caused by that very situation. And I think in Inside Lou and Davis, as you, as you both are saying, you know, he doesn't really learn from it. And I don't think he's really, he's just kind of taking punches and not understanding why he's not, you know, growing from them or, or really learning how to block them or defend himself or, you know, even manipulate them to create art. Right. And I mm-hmm. think, yeah, as you're saying, as you said, um, it's incredibly important to understand when you get your butt kicked and uh, what you can learn from it and to kind of remember, try to remember everything that you're feeling in the process of moving on or, you know, even when you're happy, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, the process of emotions. And I think that's what mm-hmm. inside Lou and Davis really touches upon. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so I think we could step, step away from, the from sad boy in the snow. Lou and Davis for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then let's go to let's go to Whiplash, which is oh, crap. similar really in theme, but uh, no. <laughs> proceed. Similar in theme, but uh, I hate drums. Um, different in uh, sort of uh, like what actually happens in a, a few of the themes. I think are different. Um, so think... just to talk on an acting and a directing and a film basis right now, um, J.K. Simmons gives I think what might be the best supporting performance of this century. Yeah, I think it's one of the best performances of this decade and is it's just amazing. Um and fun fact, even though you've said some of your teachers aren't like um like that in terms of uh how mm-hmm. to uh <laughs> let's just say motivate uh <laughs> inspire their students. inspire. Um uh but fun fact um that's actually how I motivate Charles to do this podcast. This He'll be is like, I true. don't know if I, I don't know if I want to record today, and I'm like, Oh, you're gonna cro- go home and cry to Daddy, whose mommy left him. I forget the exact line. And he's like, He's like, I don't know today. I'm like, For the final <laughs> father fucking time, <laughs> we have to record today. Not my tempo. Um, <laughs> okay, you know what? In my defense, am I rushing or I'm dragging? Tired. <laughs> Often. Are we rushing or dragging? I don't know how he was able to tell. Like, on on all honesty, I have no idea how people are able to tell whether they're rushing or dragging in a two in a bebop. You know, like just just giant steps. Like, oh Oh, yeah, and when he's doing that, behind, better fix it. What? (laughs) That's and and when they're jazz, I love it, but I I hate it. You know, scene when I don't trust when they're playing. uh, He just like he plays it over and over again. He's like, stop. And like he, he's like, you're rushing. And then he goes, you're dragging. <laughs> and it just sounds exactly the same to me every no, single yeah, time. Yeah. And that's, it's, yeah. And because it doesn't sound true. any different. <laughs> right. Right. It doesn't matter. I, Shut I, up, But I think that's actually, yeah. and it does kind of happen. You know, sometimes, like sometimes you can obviously tell in rehearsal, but other times it'll just kind of be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not even, gonna, they're not even paying attention, man. They're thinking about something else when they're going to the performance. Yeah. See. I would I would say that's not true, but it hundred and sixty percent is. I I have done mm-hmm. I have done like full sets mm-hmm. where I have not thought about the music at all because it's just gotten to such a like I did um such I a did, point. 
with uh, with Pipe Dream, for example, a band that I am. Shout out to Pipe Dream. If any members are listening, it's not like we have any music or anything. We did two shows, but with the second show that we did, I remember <laughs> none of it. I was. It was really hot. I had a. I had a yeah. jacket on. There was. It was musty. I remember. I remember one guy walked in front of the stage. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> That's it. it. There's nothing else. <laughs> Adrenaline can do that. It was, it was, yeah, no, 100%. And that's what it did. Hmm. Yeah. Speaking of adrenaline, Jake, um, so say you're on your job. way to a concert, right. say you're on your way to a concert and you're driving, and the car <laughs> that you're driving gets hit by a giant, uh, uh, what is that, like a million. transportation truck. Do you, A, get out of the car and just run to the venue? Or B, hmm, this go is to the difficult. hospital. <laughs> Ryan, I think we all know the answer. Yeah. If you, you want to be the best, state, sprint. <laughs> that and scene makes me so uncomfortable. It's Yeah, but it's just That's the point. Like, but... I don't think Whiplash is no, a feel-good movie. It's just like, here's some anxiety. So, it's like, yeah. oh, it's a Sunday Want to feel nervous? Here you go. It's like, okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then not feel better at the end. We'll make it a double feature. <laughs> Uncut gems too. Yeah, it's kind of similar. I will on. say though, however, that it's both. a little bit similar. Okay, I have. So at my at my school music, we have um, mm-hmm. the head of the music department is also a jazz professor, mm-hmm. and uh, they call him Doc. So you can right. tell he's kind of cool. Um, it is pretty cool. God, that's so cool. <laughs> I say that yeah, with no I mean, sarcasm. Actually, this so school cool. was featured in um, in the Downbeat, the which doc. is a pretty popular jazz magazine. So it's 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 a real school. It's not fake. It's not the University of Phoenix jazz band. It's a, good, it's a it's real a good jazz. <laughs> it's real. It's, it's, it's real. He says never but I having will say said the name of that the is very popular for jazz instructors to yeah. bark at their people. Mm-hmm. It just happens. Classical, no. Yeah. Everyone's incredibly passive aggressive, and they'll kill you before <laughs> they actually. All right. So this, so slit this your time, throat. this time, just try. Yeah, to like, like this time, guys. Like, uh, let's not lag behind, and then they just stare at one person the whole time. Like, like in jazz, it's just like, hey, <laughs> rushing, stop it. And it's like, okay, fine. Um, what about punk? Just what, like about, what about rock? Huh? <laughs> they're just a little dazed. <laughs> they just they just take their hit. No, they take their they, hit and they listen. <laughs> no, punk doesn't stop. Uh, you you know you don't like stop and be like sorry you're lagging, or like you're you're going fast. Right. Like if you're going fast, you yeah, keep it's, going. It's, yeah. you catch up. It's more like a right. you're rushing. <laughs> it's not really like a. <laughs> I also I also just like this topic of conversation because the question implies that Jake takes punk rock music well, classes. I, in, of course, in music is true. I, we have this we have this group called Commercial Music. <laughs> really, that in. And uh, we we had a couple artists who definitely okay. like yep. to try to pretend they were Paramore, so or the or the lead singer Paramore. Uh, so, it's pretty uh, anti. <laughs> what is yeah. What is that? Wait, commercial? Yeah, it's pretty anti. It's not yeah. one of the big tenets of punk that well, it's anti-commercialism. All music is to make all music to okay. make money, except for funeral music. That's to raise. That's to raise spirits. Well, otherwise, uh, I know for a fact 
that you can get no, paid true. good money I'm to done. do funeral music. Um, yeah, he's not saying you don't get paid for it. But... I've been offered, um, in fact. Yeah, <laughs> just not so as Jim. a guitar player, as a drummer. <laughs> he's <Let's> dead. Just, <laughs> <laughs> no, no backup band. It's just, <laughs> just you. Uh, I'm so on let's... top of the casket. Whiplash is a pretty quick. It's pretty quick movie, and it goes it goes from like from beat to beat. Obviously, like a drum. Um, Yeah, um, pretty quickly. And then um, I think the ending is really what everybody talks about. So so how do you interpret the ending, Jake? Because some people think it's happy. I don't think it is. I think it's very depressing. And it's like, oh, he's just going to become J.K. Simmons if he lives to that I think think it's it's happy because the movie's over. (laughs) You don't have to be sad anymore. (laughs) It's like, I don't have to feel anxious anymore. Um, Yeah, I don't have to see J.K. Simmons. I still get ever nervous again. watching. A... Yeah, I, I get nervous <laughs> watching. Him. I'm like, oh my god! Commercial that you're watching. Like, ah. <laughs> we know a thing like, or two. Like we've seen yeah. Please don't throw a symbol at me. <laughs> Throws um, a symbol at your head. But firstly, I think it's really funny because that's in, in the final scene. You know, he runs up to him, right? J.K. Simmons runs up. And he's like, "What are you doing, man?" And then mm-hmm. he hits the symbol crash right in front of his face. That's the best thing I've ever seen in any music film. That's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> just because it's just so well done by jk simmons he like walks up and then gets immediately just like shot backwards um yeah well and the he kids does talk, he does a lot of right. um non-verbal yeah. acting in and i scene, think which is great also shout out um, yeah he like lips think, his licks and yeah and i don't think he's a great actor by fingers. any means he hasn't been in great movies but uh yeah. miles teller I think no I, I i remember i remember i think he's really what good. are you talking about divergent Bro. Project X, Insurgent, mm. Fantastic, Fantastic Four, Four. Allegiance. <laughs> what are you All talking about? That's it after him. Take it back. <laughs> right. No, <laughs> I, I remember uh, reading. I, I, I can't he really remember stuff. if this is true or not, but I remember hearing. And it, it, it would, it, no, it would, it would have to You're make, already lying. It would have to kind of know. be true because the scene is too well done in that last end, that last solo. Apparently, he practiced about four hours or so a day and just kept training for that solo. Yep, and I think that's just, yep. first of all, yep. great integrity and great commitment to a film for a jazz film for a jazz drum yeah. solo. You could you could easily fake that scene, like you could really easily BS it. Um, oh yeah, and it almost shows that he's near, almost not actually good enough, but almost good enough to play that solo, which is like next to impossible. Um, and so I think that first of all, the drum solo is just cool. <laughs> No, it just stresses me out thinking about PTSD it. I, of like memories you haven't had yet. <laughs> I no, yeah, I as an aspi- as, as the next, you know, as an aspiring um, drummer, <laughs> as the next Ringo Star. I can't. I'm really, I'm really not educated Ringo, on drummers. I know Ringo Star. That's about it. And and Trey Cool uh, from Green Day. There's a... sorry, Jordan's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. It's not going to the drums, but oh, okay. Um, yeah, but um, that's just a little bit. That's just a little bit of jazz for you. Um, do you like the way I say it in front of my really nice microphone? I do like it. Is it? I is it? Like just it. God, your your anyway. voice sounds just wonderful. Yep. I'll just and the yeah, mic is nice you, too. I'll send you baby. The, the Amazon mic. Anyway, but anyway. Okay, so I was saying with the drum solo. I, I, okay. Um, do that, please. I do think it's it's a bit interesting with this film because. To the almost the opposite, as I was mm-hmm. saying, of Inside Lewin Davis, he's kind of pushing himself away from everyone, just focusing on his craft, which is very cool. That's how you get really good at things. However, yep. that's not how you, as I was saying with Inside Lewin Davis, it's not how you feel the music that you're playing. 
However, the one thing that he keeps himself connected to is J.K. Simmons. Right. He's always trying to either one up him or match him. And that's kind of falling into like, oh, I just want to be really right. good, which is kind of like, a, OK, that's not really a motivating factor a whole ton. Like it's kind of like the, you, you kind of have to have that, like if you want to play at all. Right. Yeah. But I think, you know, that desire to finally mm-hmm. kind of reach the same level as, you know, his instructor instructor really wants him to is, you know, that kind of crossing the threshold, finally breaking mm-hmm. out with that solo, showing himself he's. He's worthy to be listed up there with with yeah. the greats or p- potential to be one of the greats. I think potential. though that the message is a little bit corrupted because in jazz, um, I feel like it's it's almost a very similar to folk because they're both difficult to really be able to emotionally connect with someone in the audience. In folk, you have to have just a great presence and great yeah. lyrics and great music and it just has to be perfect in a lot of different ways in in jazz you know you obviously have to have the technical mm-hmm. stuff like you have to be able to like you know do the thing and and hit the thing and hit the chord and hit the note and um mm-hmm. and play giant steps mm-hmm. um and 13 8 time but <laughs> yeah well, that's the only time signature you can ever play obviously it. but um but i think <laughs> yeah Coming from personal experience, I see a lot of really talented players at my school. We have a lot of great guys I'm friends with that are really cool and have been playing for a long time and are really great players, technically. Like, they're just really good at what they do. I think some of the problem is, though, and I kind of have one or two players in mind that are good friends of mine in particular, is that what separates the great the great jazz players, as they're discussing in that movie, from the people that just kind of play restaurants, is the ability to emotionally connect. And I think that's with anything. That's with a musician. That's with a director. That's with a writer, with an actor. I think the movie kind of almost says if you push yourself away from everything and just want to be really good, you'll be like as good as Miles Davis. And that's just not true. And it's not true with anything. Like, yeah, I think the movie. Yeah, yeah, I think it's. I think it's definitely showing its its pitfalls. But it's right. Right, but it, it's 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 assuming from a point that the main character is yes. already like a generation. That's talent. true. But I would think that and then he if he's already a that. generational talent, he would need some kind of any kind of and he has it with J.K. Simmons that kind of really emotional desire to want to be great for something, and it's being great for the sake of being great. A lot of the time, though, I know mm-hmm. players personally that are that want to be great for the sake of being great, and that's fine. You know, that's what you want that's what you naturally want to do but i remember telling a friend of mine you know because he sometimes he has he struggles with it sometimes and he talks to me or talks to other people about it how he can't really reach the same level as some of his colleagues or some of the greats and i tell him sit there for 15 minutes before you play and become really sad (laughs) and just sit there and it's yeah. <laughs> exactly watch and, inside and play Lewin like you're trying and... like i look at it in a way like you're tr- like you're trying to look the person in to... the eye and yeah. talk with your instrument and it's kind of like a oh wow that's some great yeah. method playing like it's kind of like Ugh. but it works it works for me at least I'm surprised. And I think, I'm surprised I think almost in the film it's it's cool. kind of like that the dude's staring down jk simmons for 13 minutes playing a solo because he's like right there in front of him and he's like, let's do it. Like, here we are. I'm going to show you 
what I want to do and what I want to be. And I think that's okay, true. But to He's be fair, J.K. Simmons pretty. is easy on the eye. That's true. Right. Look I, at those arms. Did, did he look lift at that, before every look at that, that bald head? Like, <laughs> like he's shredded. He had to have like, like I've never seen a like hormone that pumped. <laughs> like no, <laughs> like they're setting yeah. they're slouched over. He they look like my uncle Ned. <laughs> he's like ready to be on GQ. All right, like. Mm-mm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but what I think is so great about that scene anyway. is, that, you know, he's really <laughs> kind of playing for someone, uh-huh. and that's what I, looking back on that scene, that's what I really noticed the most: the fact yeah. that he's looking someone dead in the eye and letting his mm-hmm. his ability tell the instructor, you know, yeah. and the director what he wants to be. I think the best shot in that sequence is the mm-hmm. shot of Paul Reiser's character, the the dad, as he looks on. And, like, at first you think he's, like, kind of happy for his son that he's doing well, but then he kind of looks on in, like, horror, kind of, because he sees the obsession overcoming him. (laughs) And I think it's a really good um, reaction shot to uh, juxtaposed Mm -hmm. within the the sequence to show that, like, he's playing this for Fletcher or whatever, who treats him like utter, utter crap. But then his dad has always been there for him, and, like, he should be playing for the ones that matter, I think, mm-hmm, you know, in right. a way, but he's playing for the ones that he wants to impress. Like that he looks mm-hmm. upon jazz and yeah, horror, I mean, which I is think, something right. I do often. Like, right. like when you were saying, Charles, like, uh, when you were <laughs> oh, acting and you were kind of trying to connect to that, to your to past experiences, to really kind of dig deep and feel that kind of emotion. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of the time, especially in, you know, in other acting, they're just kind of like, oh, I need to be sad. So let me be sad. Like, what? <laughs> that's not being sad. Yeah, that's just like that's saying not, you're sad. It like, doesn't, it doesn't like, like my wife could say but she's being fine, melancholy, but she's, that's she's been like, gone that's... for 13 years and she's remarried. <laughs> like, guys, I don't think she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Is everything fine? <laughs> Now, please email need advice in. here. Please email in. Uh, email failure to launch podcast. Um, yeah. Yes. Oh wait, can I can I just throw something? Um, yeah. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, no, just kind of going off of the like what Jake said about playing. Uh, like the difference between playing for somebody and not playing for somebody, and then also what Ryan said about uh, like who you're playing for. I just I just feel like there's more to talk about there i think yeah um because you know i've mm-hmm. i've performed a decent amount in the past in mm-hmm. a lot of for a lot of different things and the difference between doing it in the basement and doing it in front of an audience is astronomical yeah. like you don't expect mm-hmm. it to be nearly as groundbreaking as it is right because even well, when and, it's like um, oh it's a muscle memory what you're doing and, it's uh, no it's offense, still Charles, wild but, like even still, like you're, uh, I, you, you do great things, but like, even still, your audiences and everything are are usually like smaller. No, a hundred percent. Like the end of this movie is like Carnegie Hall. It's insane. Like, yeah. Like I can't imagine. No. That, you know. I've like like acting wise, I've done relatively large shows, but like musically, my the most we've had is like thirty something. Yeah. So. It's but even still, even when it's like thirty something people and they're either like people you know or like friends of friends or like mm-hmm. like 
people visiting. Like, it's just, it's electric. It's, it's yeah. so wild. And yeah. so I've, I've def, and also again with, with Ryan, especially like when you think of somebody like while, while doing a song, mm-hmm. like, like when I, I've mm-hmm. been doing some, some Stealing my brand. Instagram live streams where I play guitar. I'm not very yeah, that's good. That's fair, but uh, look. you're stealing John Mayer's <laughs> brand and shut up. Just because, look, I just, just because I have less viewer doesn't mean I'm shut up. Anyways. Yeah. But like, but sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I'll do, I'll just like cover songs and it's, yeah. it's a good time. But I've, I've found that, you know, when I, when I'm doing a song that's, you know, kind of emotional and I have some attachment to it, yeah. I find that mm-hmm. I can literally just play it better. Like not just perform mm-hmm. it better, mm-hmm. like put more like emotion into it, but I, but I'm literally exactly. like switching chords faster and like I right. can, I know exactly when to hit like certain things. So because you're trying to yep. present it, it a certain emotion a lot towards ways, the audience. So. Like, and, and even um, with the playing of, you know, certain chords and knowing where to go and you're not thinking about it really probably so much technically, but you're thinking more, as I'm presenting kind of an emotional experience I'm trying to share so people can empathize with me and I can empathize with them. And I think um, just to, with my last song, which is Somehow, which you can find on YouTube.com, uh, if you type in Somehow Jake Music, one word. <clears throat> um, people Plug it later. the best song that I've written. <laughs> and I, I, was a, I was a little... Oh, I said that part. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and it was actually was all that, about Ryan. The John versus <laughs> Evil Twin song. <laughs> that whole yeah. album is dedicated. As all your songs But are. I think I, I, the song was actually based off of an experience with a person. And I think that, which is kind of... With a real mm-hmm. living person, I swear to God, a human a person, um, Ryan. But no, it was it was it was based off an experience with someone that <laughs> re- you know, and I There's somewhere it at a time where it was really still happening to me, and I, you know, just really made a lot of sense to me. Um, almost sometimes mm-hmm. more so in a way when I am just kind of writing something else, and I feel like a lot of the time when you don't have anything to write for, you don't have anything to act for where you don't have any real reason to make a film or an album mm-hmm. or anything. You're just, the audience can kind of tell, I feel like. And, mm-hmm. and if you're yeah. running through the motions, it's sure. fine if you're good. Oh yeah. But um, yeah. if you have some reason to perform or to publish, yeah. then it's going to mean a lot more to yourself and it's the product's going to be better and the audience is going to enjoy it more. And I think with whiplash, you know, you see this huge scene mm-hmm. and you see J.K. Simmons start nodding his head and going, yes, I am shredded and you are not bad. And it's like, wow. <laughs> it's like, this is really happening. <laughs> okay, uh, so just to move on, we're running a little late, but uh, I really like the way this pod's going right now. So um, um, to move on from those two movies, which are really depressing, I think we should talk about uh, one last movie that I really love that's about like some more positive things about music. There's negative things in there, but um, almost famous is a really good movie that I really like mm-hmm. about like just yeah. people's um, love of music, pretty much. Bro, music the worst thing in the world. I can't relate. Um, I hate music. You know uh, the plot, basically. Amen. You know the the young writer falls kind of headfirst into the rock world during the '70s, and it was almost like it was right after the Beatles, and it was when Led Zeppelin was at the top. You know, I think this was supposed to be mid seventies, right? And he starts following around this band. Yep. It's it's 
it's based oh, okay. on director Cameron Crowe's um, actual experiences. Nineteen. All right. Yeah. So, so that yeah, one's it's nineteen seventy three. And okay. uh, you know yeah. this band that almost kind of remind me of, like the birds a little bit. I don't know what what band do they remind you of? I, I can't I can't pinpoint. It. Yeah, like, they're kind of like Charles. Can, Charles, can you look up I don't, which band I can't, did Cameron Crowe really follow? Pinpoint. I think it might be Kansas. Uh, uh, which band sense. did Cameron? I think it might be Kansas. Crow. The Almond Brothers. Very interesting. Uh the Almond Brothers. Oh. Uh, okay. Oh, Popo, Very the interesting. Brothers, because... Led Zeppelin, Eagles, and Leonard. Right, okay. Okay. Huh. I feel like they're probably later. And MCR. <laughs> well, that's later. But that's I think later that's on. Yeah. Chemical... <laughs> Jake Music. <laughs> and also Milk Ice and Fry. Yeah. Right, anyway. <laughs> and Jake Music. Um, the Jake Music band. I feel John like Matthews. That's actually really interesting because, you know, Dwayne Allman was in the anyway. Allman Brothers. By the way, had a horrible death. If you haven't, if you don't know his death, just horrible, heartbreaking. Um, yeah, incredible guitarist though, and that's almost kind of interesting because in the story, the guitarist gets upset because he thinks he's above the rest of the band, and he feels like he's been kind of dragging them along and getting them more popular over time, yeah. just with his own doing, right? So this is power struggle. Yeah, I mean he was a jerk, right? But he was, pride. which he kind of was. <laughs> I mean, to... in the movie, yeah, I mean, like the actors in that, in that movie were just really. It was just a really great cast, I think. Yeah, Philip mm. Seymour Hoffman is like such a great actor. He's in it for like ten minutes. Jimmy Fallon's in it. Yeah, he's the the manager. <laughs> he played Wilson. Dwight. <laughs> yeah. He plays Dwight. He played Dwight. No, he played Dwight. He plays Dwight in, in Almost Famous. Ferrigno as himself. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it's just, um Michael. I think I think ILD and Whiplash are movies kind of for musicians. Right. I think yeah. Almost Famous and is I more think, of a movie. You know, during the seventies, it was kind of I, this... I would say. I didn't live it. Our parents did probably, but it was almost, it was pretty depressing because <laughs> you kind of started to see that. You started what? to see the end of rock a little bit. You, you said yeah, a ton of bands, <laughs> right? All over the place. They were, yeah. you know, you could find them all over. Like they, after the yeah. Beatles, it was just an explosion with Zeppelin at the top. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just countless. Stones. Yeah. Just countless yeah. numbers. Um, and I think what was interesting, so cause put... you were seeing this one band that was starting yeah. to really push above, above the mud, which is, I think in the past 40 or 50 years, there has just been such a saturated music market. It is so, it is just so, especially now, it is so difficult to break through. So difficult because so, because everyone's doing something different. Mm-hmm. Right. In the 60s, you had the Beatles who were really just. And anyone inc- can do it. They That's took the... advantage of such a, such a, a stripped market, of such a bare kind of market. I mean, they were just a breath of fresh air all of a sudden you know it was like it's like the scene and you know um in right. uh, in that one movie what's that one movie uh the wizard of uh wizard the wizard of oz where you know it turns into color that was like the sure. beatles coming into to the music industry it was like all of a sudden there was color it's like whoa not everyone's really boring it's a good <laughs> analogy, someone that's though. kind of interesting <laughs> <laughs> right but now they have They've terrible hair. Cuts right? and everything. <laughs> Why did Charles I would, and I, I both have, have cry. the hair? <laughs> I just... <laughs> yes, I guess I that's the first thing that's, I think of yeah. early, early Beatles. Beatles. <laughs> anyway. And then they're like, we're going to get weird now. <laughs> yeah. Well, what? Who am I imitating? Ringo. We're going to... Which, that's it's my Ringo. John <laughs> Hello. Anyway. Uh... I'm John Lennon. What if we all stopped fighting? <laughs> 
<laughs> what about the soldiers? I'll hold hands all over the world and the children sang a little <laughs> Christmas song. What is Shut the fuck up. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> but I think what's interesting about you know the 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 70s <laughs> is that you know with with the end of the Beatles, you you had a lot of great groups and you had a lot yeah, of right after the sixties. There. They were definitely a band. They were playing shows and people mm. were going around. And this group was kind of a little bit above the line of mediocre. But they had this great guitarist, right? Who kind of was like, I know he who knew yeah. his worth. And as you're saying with Right. Knew exactly. Was, yeah. And Yeah, you could say the band was almost famous. And through the Yeah, and through the eyes of You could um, say he was a real you know, inside Lou and Davis. Protagonist, you know, the kid, the writer. Um right. Whose name is not important. Young um, kid, yeah. And and who really kind of represents everyone who was falling in love with music during that time, because, you know, he was the same age as, as all of our parents and probably everyone watching that movie. You have to remember that that movie at the time, you know, everyone who was probably watching it yeah. was kind of like, hey, I remember that. Like, I remember the, that time when, when I heard stories about the tour buses and yeah. this and that and this and that. Yeah. You know, it was kind of an inside look. Exactly. And while there's Groupies. a lot of weird yeah. stuff and kind of very bad stuff that goes on, as you said, Ryan, with, you know, the overdoses and, you know, just yeah. kind of the betrayal. Listen, they're not bad. Heard of the um, bad? Okay. Hmm. No, my mom was telling me well, about yeah, that was also going on the, the other day. It was interesting. She only went to the one, but like the, it, she was saying it was funny because the true deadheads, you could tell mm-hmm. who the true deadheads were because From they weren't effect. in the audience. <laughs> yeah. They were in the hallway. <laughs> Stone but that's almost that's a that's <laughs> yeah. a that's one extreme um, yeah and that's that's credit to margaret that you for brought that, that up because that's like the extreme extreme of the 70s bands right and that was kind of the jam band start of the whole thing dave matthews followed them yeah. you know kind of with their style of act the almond brothers were almost similar and that's you know kind of the almost famous kind of style and i think actually what's interesting is that the deadheads kind of had this committed yeah. group of of people that would kind of follow them everywhere just like any kind of major band would or major act would except instead of just groupies it was a whole generation of people which is which is i mean imagine almost famous but instead of just the four yeah. groupies it's i don't know forty thousand teens i mean it's like <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah i don't we're we're, we're great i don't think they were because they were, no. it was really, then how, it was like kind of like pavilion. How can they shows. afford to follow them? Is the like, question. if you've been to, um, yeah, yeah, it's like it's a All show right, like that or a Jiffy Lube Arena Wolf or Trap. Live Arena. So it's just yeah, okay. like you sit on the lawn for five dollars. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and for that, like, just I think I think like I, I mentioned mm-hmm. him before, but Philip Seymour Hoffman plays Lester Banks, who was a real guy, um, and he's just amazing in that movie. He's just like. He just like gets on the phone. He's like, "Man, I love music. I love." I, this is a terrible Philip Seymour Hoffman impression, but um, he just comes on. He's like, "I love music. I whatever," and he just embodies like these so many feelings. That I think, like, yeah, an entire and I think that's what's so powerful about this movie: their love for this type of music, almost like it. And I think that type of love of music that everybody has, I think, I think that's it, just gone. yeah. Like, I don't think there's any band. Yeah, or well, they're a cult. However, you clearly have not heard of Jake. That's a, that's a good point. Right. And now yeah. in, in the modern kind of era, you kind of have acts that people kind of look at and they go, okay, they're a star. 
I'll, sh- I'll see their show because it's cool and it's a good way to spend a Saturday night. And I get to dress up. Yeah. I feel like I, you're definitely right. I mean, the 90s, I think, was kind of the last era of a lot of people, a lot, a lot of bands who had committed groups. I think the 2000s had some. Yeah. And they kind of retained them. Well, hmm. I've, I've, got a, I've got a rebuttal. No. You ever heard of a Jeff Rosenstock? Mm-mm. Uh, or the, no. the front bottoms? No. The front bottoms is. I can talk about Jeff Rosenstock more educated, but the front bottoms is a better example. Well, we're talking so about we, like the, huge, huge, huge. Like, like neither of us have heard of them. Yeah. Well, like in okay. the public lexicon thing, there there are obviously bands that have huge followings, but this isn't. I'm talking about like. Right. I at least am talking about like Zeppelin, uh, and then to an extent, Grateful Dead. Like, there's nobody like that who just captures the public eye you know well it captured well my little sister weirdly enough just yeah they've, got that's interesting the really boy bands is an interesting they that's very interesting were, because if it's she boy bands, it's a big group yeah, of but, people who are committed to their act and they're all obsessed with them right right and i think every yeah i think right. a lot of the main acts I, I don't really see anyone that's like obsessed with drake i mean he's cool and like he's and and jump man was a cool song but right. I mean, it, people are, it's, it's it not like people really are, like him it, it's not like people are like yeah. screaming like they did at the beatles <laughs> i like hotline right. bling <laughs> i'm a drake man. like i'd be really surprised if somebody's like i'm gonna follow drake's tour around the country like like what like and like post i'm a drake like i'm gonna follow him around the country i think yeah like, but I, I, I think what you're, yeah, <laughs> I was just saying yeah nice i think it's for sure if, well i think it's also mm-hmm because we have so much access to music now like if i look up drake right. uh i i don't know any drake songs so i'm gonna say hotline bling live yeah if, you, if i look that up drake hotline bling live i can watch that right now you couldn't see led zeppelin you couldn't see grateful dead you couldn't see any of those guys live or hear what it was like live yeah unless you like bought a much... record and sat next to it in your house or whatever right you didn't have a there magic was a much higher level rock in of your hand that could tell you everything about act. the band to really fully embrace them that i think right mm-hmm. right yeah i mean right it was hard to be a casual then for six that. bucks that's like 20 bucks now no one's gonna drop 20 bucks on a record right. <laughs> i mean they'll listen to it yeah they'll listen to it for free but they're not gonna right. spend 20 on they're should, really they invested in them <laughs> like buying a record back then, that was a huge <laughs> kind of leap of faith for right. a teenager i mean that's like you know it's a couple lawns, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like if yeah. I if I buy this record and it flops, I better like I'm this. going to jump out a window. <laughs> like it's like it's like the as yeah, the level of commitment was much higher back then. And um Yeah. yeah. That's why music right. was you so had hard to, to put make, out it was like worthy, right? you also had to put out the yes. things and it was like if yeah. nobody buys this, I go to jail. <laughs> And, well. and nowadays, <laughs> anybody can put out music on all which, platforms. Right. Com, which I think is, I think it's a, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I think while music is becoming <laughs> a lot more accessible and it's a lot easier to produce it now, like anyone can can kind of produce a high quality record for that's. Yeah, I don't want to get in too much into the music recording market, but uh, you know, you have the three major record labels, um, the music Warner, industry. Um, you have Sony, mm-hmm. and now you have the th- Universal, and those three are, are huge, and they've always been known for signing the big record, you know, the big acts, right? Now, however, people don't need to sign to them because they don't need them to make a record. You don't need them. You need a microphone, a keyboard, 
GarageBand right. and a, mm-hmm. a subscription to DistroKid, and you can put out a record. You don't need a $20,000 advance. Mm-hmm. So, but however, yeah, however, the problem, the problem. I think that's for better, though, is the thing. Uh, there's, yeah. go, there's good. Of course, and there are problems. There's pros and cons for the, the main issue. I think the is pros that the market grossly really outweigh the cons. And you have a lot of mediocre apps. I'm. Yeah, which is fine. You know, people can. People should, I'm. Right. I'm okay people, with that. people should. F- for somebody trying to start out and be successful, and it's it's a different. No, yeah. As somebody who is trying out to try be more yes. successful, no. breakthrough, you can still succeed in it. It's not I'm still glad that it's to, oversaturated. I fail. Right. Yeah. The fact that people can now make money, more people can make money yeah, no creating and music, I think <clears throat> creating Spotify art. Is, and with every, and I'm with all these major streaming platforms. They have these, you know, you get the recommended music and you can find new new artists that way. And that's that's great. I think what the labels still provide, however, is a lot of mm-hmm. um, market exposure. They have a lot of financial power to kind of push you up. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and well, yeah. Well, yeah, because all three that you mentioned oh, are yeah, also right. huge. They, they're um, huge. They're movie studios are huge. Like they have so much power. Right. They have Sony, so much Paul, theme right. parks. Do you not get me started? I Sony love World. Sony World. Um, I, th- I, but I think <laughs> now because we have a really accessible music market, which is a great thing for young people, and it's a good way for labels to find acts and people to have success. I think. Back then, while you had to have a higher level of commitment, you kind of felt like if you were to buy a record, it may not. The only reason it would really, really, really suck. And there were, don't get me wrong, there were awful albums back then. But one of the main reasons that you, you would think it was bad is just because it wasn't your style or wasn't oh, your yeah. speed. Mm-hmm. Now it's just kind of. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Right, and yeah, not everybody everyone loves Grateful Dead, not everyone loves Led uh, Zeppelin. You know, records. people find their niche, right? <laughs> and that was so cool about the '70s was that you know one writer. It's a story yeah. of one little band, and they've got this huge world around them. And back then in the '70s, it was full of bands just like that. Yeah. I mean, there were a countless number of groups that had the exact same kind of stories going on. Maybe not the same power yeah. struggles, but they were having the same atmosphere and the same people involved. And I think that's. I, that's a really interesting part of the movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. So, I was just going to say, we're running really long here now. So, um, Jake, if you want to say anything yes. uh, last about all three movies and how you feel about the okay. music industry, really kind of. I think that uh, your, your floor. Makes me As sad. I said, while this is a, an accessible market now, it almost feels like we're at the same point we were at in the 60s. All of a sudden now, because there's so much material and content, it's almost like it's the same kind of thing as there's no content at all. <laughs> and that's, that doesn't make sense at first. But if you follow my very convoluted train of thought, you will find that there's a, there's a way to cut through. <laughs> and if, I think that if you still have the ability and you still have the, the right factors, you can kind of cut through and find your niche. Because it's not like all of a sudden there's this endless catalog and it's this weird classified yes. kind of yeah. list, right? Where it's like, okay, let's try this album. No, this album. No, like things are recommended to you. Word of mouth is still a thing. And live performing, I think, is is the most important revenue stream in the music industry right now. And I think what these three films represent 
is that while there's still acts like Drake that, you know, while they put out cool songs and people like them and it's a cool show, I think there's still, and this is what I really hold on to as someone who wants to go into this field, there's still room for someone to make an emotional impact on its potential listeners. And there's still room for someone to develop an audience where the music really means something to someone. And I think, I mean, that's one of the main reasons why I Mm -hmm. even wanted to do it is to really make music that really means something to someone. If you go to youtube.com and type in Jake music, one word, you will find music that might mean something to you. This is hilarious. Okay. Um, Me too. <laughs> I can't wait until you become like, like famous, and then they find they this, find this, and they can't, and they find this podcast. Um, It'll be such a what a what a valuable resource this will be, right? Um, Don't forget me. Yeah, yes, thank, thank you, you so much for uh, having big me. Thank you to Jake for uh, guesting on this pod. Um, Doctor Music himself. Big thank you to Charles as always. For this being is my mutual, co-host. man. Uh, big thank you to Ryan. <laughs> For no reason, just for no just reason, for being who he is. Um, you can find us at uh, Failure to Launch Podcast on Instagram at Launch Failure on Twitter. We, uh, if you want to email us, uh, give us a review, whatever. Uh, Podcast Failure to Launch at gmail.com. We love to hear from you guys. Um, <laughs> oh my god, it's so fun when we get an yeah, email. And if, it, it is, is so, so exciting. Uh, we're building it up, and we're going to do like, a fan mail episode at some point. Um, from all our little fans. Thank you guys for um, having me. Yeah, <laughs> thank, you're thank, you to, uh, thank you to Jake, Jake Music, music for, for the, the intro. intro. Uh, yeah, um, thank you to Caitlin Fernandez for all of our arts. And um, uh, yeah, I think no. that's about it. Jake, was there anything else you to, to Jake plug music, right please, now? I'm so poor. <clears throat> that's it. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> Bye, Jake. Um, what would you say your new song is called? Okay. <laughs> Oh yeah, thanks. Thank you to my dad for uh, for listening my, again. To my Real champ, mm-hmm. um, Jake. So yeah, thank you guys, <laughs> all you failures out there. Uh, Our adorable little failures. You make us so yep. proud. Just leave a review on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts. Tell us you love us. Tell just us you hate. Decimate us. Do it, everyone. Just, just destroy us. But if you do destroy on a, us on an emotional level, um, five stars so that people will see it. You know, give give us a five star just. <laughs> decimation um i want to i want you to make me cry so and whichever whichever uh response makes us cry we'll read it aloud um jake i look forward to having you back for that harry potter episode sometime soon oh yes um and uh yeah i think that's it um thank you everyone and thank you thank you i'm talking to you i'm talking to you know who we're we're all talking to now to the person listening right oh charles do you know what now that what? we had him on, we're not only the Yo. only movie podcast, we're also the only music podcast on Apple or anywhere now. Yo! Yo. <laughs> wow. We, we are atmosphere. like the 70s. Right? We are beautiful little bands <laughs> in, a, in a great big world. He brought and it all the no way back. Other podcasts. He brought it all the way so back. It's... Beautiful. Exactly. All right. That's a great note to end this on. Failure to love.